Good morning, Galactic. Get down. Good morning, indeed. It is day one. Check it off. One. Ching. You know what? When I did that to this chick that I met at a party, and I didn't know what it was, but I put it there and I put it there hard, I ended up getting a lawsuit and a restraining order, and now I have to tell all of my neighbors that I live in their area. That's not cool, man. Not cool at all. Holy shit, if y'all haven't been paying attention to the rest of our podcast and broadcasting, or if this is the first one we put out, because we haven't put the other ones out, because we're not sure in what order we're going to do it, we are here at the Galactic Get Down at the Good Enough Campgrounds in Lanesboro, Minnesota, folks! For the first time on location out in the wild. Dead Larry Presents, Seahorse Productions, Vicarious Visions, and Cloud Style Broadcast. We like to tag our name onto it, even though they did not. Next year, we'll have our logo on the flyer. We're here. We're promoting. We're getting it out there, and we're hoping y'all join us. I'm assuming y'all have seen us on Facebook Live, because we have been blowing the shit up and giving you a plethora, a plethora, a plethora of visuals. Woo! Yes! To show you that you need to be here and enjoying this show. So if you didn't make it, it's not on us. It's on you. Friday morning. Oh my gosh, this I've is the best festival weather. All night with raging heartburn in the tent. I'm trying to tell you that I'm Finally called at about sunrise and then the sun came up too far to sleep anymore. Strategy wanted me to wake up. I heard him. I was awake. I'm awake, but I don't want to get up. And then I got stung by a fucking ant. I got up. Here we are. Here we are. Cup of coffee, IPA, bottle of water. Stack of cigarettes, e-cig, fedora, We're ready to fucking roll. We're ready to roll. And it is the most beautiful festival. This is perfect festival festival weather. I don't think you could ask yeah. for better weather Especially than this right now. Especially not at the end of July, beginning of August. Like, Shit. It could be 90, 100 Shit. degrees right now, man. And it ain't. It's no, stupid. it's got to be like a nice, like, low 80s. There's no fucking clouds in the sky. Yeah, There's a nice a breeze, a beautiful breeze. No humidity right now. No humidity. Is that cheese? It's uh. I love you so much. Gosh, I mean this. This is what this is what it is. This is where I wanna be. Right here with Cloud Style, doing the podcast. It's, it's great. It's great. Gives me good vibrations. Autumn's here. Fat Mac promised me he's gonna wrap the Keenan and Kel show theme song today. My name's Kenan, and my name's Kel, and we got a show, and we're going to hell. Wasn't that the theme song? I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was. It might be your best rendition. <clears throat> it very well might. It might be the best rendition, not just mine. It might be the best rendition. Coolio, eat your heart out. Something knew that. Something knew that. Fun fact. Dad Larry has opened for Julio in Mankato, Minnesota. That is awesome. Yeah. I, I, With Professor Fresh. I would have loved, would have loved to have seen Julio in Mankato, as well as Dead Larry and Professor Fresh. That would have been an awesome, awesome Another set. Another mind-blowing concert right? that I would have wanted to see, it was in St. Cloud, Dead Larry, uh, uh, Dirtball from Cottonmouth Kings, and Afro Man. Because I got high, because I got high. 
because I got her. Uh, oh, 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 oh. Colt 45 and two zigzags. Those are the only two songs people know of Afro Man. And they're the only two songs that matter. I bought his CD back when I was like 13 or 14 or something. And he does not have good songs. There's a reason he's only known for uh, two songs. Because he's not that good. He's, he's not talented at all. Yeah. He's gimmicky, but he's not good. He has been writing almost 20 years on the same... Yeah, he's gimmicky, but he's not good. Because that CD I bought, there are no good songs on it other than... I, because I got high and Colt 45 and 2 Zigzag. Those, those are the only two songs that are worth listening Tumble to. Ale? No. Tumbleweed? Tumbleweed's awesome. Do you want to... Uh, yeah. I'll give you Tumbleweed. There were batteries in it at one oh. point. No, we need the, uh, the pink mic. That's what we need. That makes me feel much better. Give us a mic. Give us a mic. Mic check. mic. I love it. The problem is, is Strata isn't mic'd right now, so you're only getting paces. But the two of them together is such harmonious, beautiful music. That's because me and Kenny. Y'all are missing out on it. Y'all are missing out on it. It's awesome. So, Pasty, what are you drinking on today? I am drinking on the same thing you are. Holy shit. Because what, you know what? Shit. Hey, I, I think, I think, actually, hold on a second before we get into the beer. We got to fucking bring this up. This is the first time you and I have been together for a long time to actually record together one where I can touch you. I'm touching him, folks. I'm touching him. He's here. I grabbed his booby a little, tickled his balls. He's, he's here, and I'm here. This is, this is momentous. Momentous. That means it's a moment. So I guess everything's momentous because everything's a moment. I think he should. I think he should, and I think he will. We got six. That's two for all of us. It's so good. And what is this we talk of? We talk of... Bent Paddle Brewing Co's... Bent Hop. Golden IPA. Craft brewed in Duluth, Minnesota. 10% of the world's fresh water is found in Lake Superior. 100% of our beer is made from that water. There's no fucking way 10% of the fucking water on Earth is in fucking... I know it says fresh water, but even fresh water, there's no fucking way 10% of the Earth's fresh water is in Lake Superior. That's a fucking lie, folks. That's a fucking lie. No fucking way. People would be going to war with us. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Ten percent <laughs> is a huge percentage when you're talking about life-giving fresh water. Holy shit! No fucking way. That's a lie. It's a bold-faced lie. What's happening, man? Good morning. I want to get out of these lies. So, so we're drinking this up. Uh, Bent Paddle Brewing Company, yeah. Bent Hop Golden IPA, right? Yeah. This motherfucker, this can says 10% of the world's fresh water is found in Lake Superior. There ain't no fucking way 10% of the uh, Earth's fresh true. water. No way. Absolutely. There's no fucking possible way. 10%? Do you have any idea how much water is on this Earth? Fresh water. Fresh, yeah. Yeah, like not salt water. There's a lot. There are countries. 10%. <laughs> I assume they mean surface water? Yep, yep, yep. 
It's that's still that's still bullshit. Do you know how many lakes? Yeah, she looked it up on Google. Google them. There's no fucking way. That is impossible. I live next to It's impossible. I believe it's huge. 10% is a huge percentage when you're talking about our life-giving yeah, fresh water. It's the biggest lake on the planet. What? Lake Titicaca. Oh. Just ask Cornholio. It's Lake Titicaca. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what I'm talking about. Need tip it for my bum. Hey, man, hit it up. We got the folks here, everybody. This is the place to be. Um, it, it, it lies, but it's amazing. God bless them. God bless them. And you know what? It, it, you know what? Maybe it's true. And if you want to prove to me it's true, I want you to bring Lake Superior to my house. I want to see this 10% of the Earth's life-giving fucking... Him. You could be bringing no. him to an ocean for all he knows. Yeah, yeah. I want Lake Superior in my fucking living room. I want proof. I don't buy it. That's, that's bullshit. There's no 10%. fucking way 10%. That's a huge percentage. In the whole world? Yeah, that's a huge percentage. Of the fresh, surface freshwater, yeah. Oh, freshwater. That's just bullshit. Well, that that's just bullshit. Most, most of the water that we have is salt water. Well, yeah, that's true because it's oceans. Wait, don't you think if we had, if it was really ten percent of the world, we wouldn't be getting invaded? More every often? country has lakes and rivers and streams. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, give them the, California is going to invade Minnesota. Hashtag give them the sun. (laughs) Where'd your mic go? I thought you were getting a mic. Mic up, mic up, mic up. If you got a beer, you get a mic. God damn it. Those are the rules. Mic up. That is 13 bucks for that six pack, man. And it's, it's delicious. Oh shit. We got sidetracked. And so folks, we're drinking. Ben Paddle Brewing Company, Ben Hop, Golden IPA, India Pale Bale, crafted brewed in fucking Duluth, Minnesota, and they lie in their cans, but holy shit, if this is not delicious, it may just be because it's fucking 5 a.m. on the fucking morning after the fucking uh, first night of the festival, it may be that we're dehydrated, it may be that it's just a beautiful day and everybody's fucking vibrations are good, it may be that it's positive atmosphere, it may be that there are bald eagles flying overhead of strata right now. And it'd be awesome if you shit on him. Oh, that's that's a, actually a golden eagle. That might be a red-tailed hawk, actually. But there were fucking uh, bald eagles. That might be a red-tailed hawk. That's my uh, that's my feathered brethren. But this is so delicious. It's a uh, crisp, refreshing. It's got a good hop. It like you taste the hops. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like a wave. It's like a wave of flavor. Yeah, you, you get it right when you right when it goes in your mouth. You taste it. This ain't your fucking uh, Bud Light Coors that you know you drink it and then you taste it. Like as soon as it touches your tongue, it takes you on a journey of like green feels. That's what I feel like. And oh, you feel it. Green yeah, you feel it on your tongue, but not a not a not a thick. Uh, it's more of the crisp bite that you feel. There's also, and both of you sip right now and tell me if I'm wrong. But I swear to God, there's a hint of sunscreen. Sunscreen? That's, yes. that's because you put sunscreen on before you drank no, it. No, I didn't put sunscreen on today. Did not. There's a hint of sunscreen. It's the afternoon. You'll get it. Are there different flavors of sunscreen? No, I like, I, I don't know how I taste sunscreen. They all smell the same. How do you? I mean, you want to lick it in your bowl No. I don't get the sunscreen, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's delicious. 
And it says, an unexpected visual bend to an American India Pale Ale. What the fuck is this unexpected visual bend? I'm looking in it right now. Right. And, uh... Um, like yeah, it's not bending. <laughs> nope. So they lied about that. This, this fucking... Ca- these, these motherfuckers are liars. They make great beer, but they need to cut out on the fucking lies. They're trying too hard to be our friends. They're that fucking person that's, like, actually really cool... But they lie so much to make you like them that you hate them. Like, if they just shut up and just, just act right, you'd be like, hey, you're a really good person. But then they fucking just keep on making up lies and telling bullshit. That's what I think this fucking uh, Bent Paddle Brewing Company is. You're good on your own. You don't have to keep making up shit to make us like you, motherfucker. <laughs> it says, this style is one that stands out in a crowd. Or, if you're more like us, enjoyed at a campsite. Woo! Fuck, this was made for the get down, baby. Um, but it lies too much. So I'm going to say, uh, delicious beer, don't buy it because they lie. On principle, don't buy it. I'm going to say that right now. This might be the first time I said don't buy a beer that we've had on, on, on Beef Sticks. But I'm going to say it. Just on principle. Just on principle. It's too but expensive if, if you're really the, looking for propaganda. Yeah, 13 bucks for you to tell me that you own our fucking life water. <laughs> Fuck you, Bent Paddle. I'll bend your paddle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah! Bend your paddle. Delicious, though. I will say it's delicious. If somebody else buys it, drink it. Don't buy it. You can buy it and share it with us. Have somebody else buy it. Have somebody else buy it. Have somebody else spend the money. Steal it. Hey, I'm going to say now, go into your local liquor store and steal this beer. (laughs) Do it. Because it's delicious. Stream Cloud Style Broadcasting as you run out. No, don't do that. Don't do that. It was Cloud Style Broadcasting! Little Jimmy, where did you learn to steal beer? I learned it from listening to Cloud Star Broadcasting. <laughs> that dude has a fucking uh, umbrella, parasol. An umbrella is a word for a parasol. Parasol is a word for umbrella. Parasol. He has it. Umbrellas have poles in them. How do you hold it? Holes. Anyways, he's got it shoved in his in his fucking shorts, yeah. And he's just walking around with it. They have holes in them. I'm gonna come with a. I'm gonna have like. A, I'm gonna uh, parasol have a hole in it. Mounted air conditioner next to me. That's what I'm gonna. <laughs> I'll just wear like a space suit with an air conditioner attached to it. How do you survive this world? I don't know. I need an air conditioner attached. You know what? You know what? I'm always right. go outside, Mary. I love Pacey, but he's a sweaty man. I am. He's a very sweaty man. Yeah, I always have been. Even always when I was have. the lightest I ever was. <laughs> you both say I oh, you always have 180 been. pounds. I step on stage. I'm not even performing yet. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Hey, everybody, we're the northern... It's like the Brock Lesnar. I can't Lesnar. see the burning well, in my eyes. Like, like, the <laughs> they gotta mop the fucking life. stage after he gets off. He's the Brock Lesnar of fucking rap. People learn real quick, Ouija. Fans learn real quick. Don't borrow that guy your hat before he goes right? on stage. Right? And then they don't want it back afterwards. Like, or they, they're really shit. happy to get it back with my sweat encrusted in it. Yeah, that, hey, that never yeah, happened. It, it has happened. <laughs> Tacos and baked it smells like tacos and oysters. <laughs> Fuck, we should have brought the oysters up here, man. Fuck, I only got two more cans, yo. Did you bring oysters? Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. I got three cans of oysters, there I think. There we go, three cans each. For four days. 
I got three cans of spaghettios too. I, I didn't really think about how many days. I brought, yeah, I brought, I brought way more food than I'll be able to eat, it but that's good because I got a variety. All I ate yesterday was one can of oysters and a cracker with cheese. All I ate yesterday was actually I was thinking about that this morning. All I ate yesterday was uh, the fucking sandwich at McDonald's on the way here before my car died. And then just some handfuls of those uh, those those cheese its that I best of life is the best diet plan. That's all you could I fucking did. No, it's not the worst. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind it. I got apples and bananas and pears. Apples and bananas. Did that song exist when we were kids, or is it just in my son's generation? Because uh, he knows the song, but I never knew it. The rest of us. That's true. For you, no. Fuck you. But the rest of us who grew up with Barney, yes. Yeah, well, oh, that's a Barney thing? Yeah. Okay. Because, like, my son knew it, and I'd never heard it until he sang it. Yeah, I, I never knew that shit. Which I don't see how that's even educational, because you're teaching people the wrong pronunciation of words. Like, how is that educational? Yeah, how is that educational? How is that educational? I'm just, I'm just... Just saying, man. How is it educational? Marijuana and Mari Weenie. Marijuana Mar- and Mari Weenie. <laughs> they sound very similar, but they're different. It's about the same, though. Yeah. <laughs> Beef Sticks Podcast. We just don't got a lot of wrestling to talk about. You know, wrestling has escaped my mind in this in this, this I did little watch getaway. This week, and by watch Raw, I mean turn it on and immediately take a nap. I heard both Raw and SmackDown are good, and I kind of heard the, the big like news stories that came from them, so we kind of know what's going on. We'll probably uh, fire up Josh's, our uh, pasty's phone. I mean, I ran out of lotion. Right? <laughs> Sometimes you've got to spit on it. It's just life. I got no, no bag to slap right now. <laughs> right, yeah, you oh, yeah. If you bring out the bag too early, people are going to be like, what the fuck is no, going on with No, you can't do it this early. <laughs> it's got to be near sunset. Yeah. Uh, no. That'd be cool, though, to be the one guy running around with a fresh bag at 6 o'clock really? in the morning. <laughs> right. <laughs> How's your phone on juice, man? My phone is charging right now. Oh, it's your phone on juice. This is your oh. phone. This is your phone on juice. It was pretty decent, I think. No, it's at 10. Actually, it should be charging Strategy also. is holding a microphone that is not on. I just should have gone. Okay. So, after the WWE Raw show in Nashville, Tennessee. Raw show. <laughs> you told us about the no lotion. No, that is a different time. Oh. <laughs> Very similar. <laughs> there was still no lotion different, involved. But same, same. <laughs> so a lot of the uh, WWE talent got together with some of the GFW talent because GFW is based in Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville. And they got together, had some drinks, had some food. It was all good. And then uh, Karen Jarrett, wife of Jeff Jarrett, who is the co-owner of GFW, asked Braun Strowman for an autograph for her daughter because Braun Strowman is her daughter's favorite wrestler. Now, I think that's really cool that Karen Jarrett is big enough to ask a WWE artist, wrestler, performer, superstar, whatever you want to call them, for an autograph with her being the co-owner of another wrestling federation. That's cool that they can intermingle like that. That's very professional, 
and uh, it's just very polite, you know, that's just, that's awesome. Braun Strowman apparently did not recognize Karen Jarrett for who she is, and went on to not only be rude and belligerent to her, but cuss her out for asking for an autograph. Well, poor Braun Strowman. Karen Jarrett allegedly cut a shoot promo on Braun Strowman right there in front of the bar, in front of everyone, for everyone to hear. She went off on poor Braun, and in her promo, she went on to tell him that her daughter's dad is none other than Raw General Manager Kurt Angle. And that she would be letting him know about this incident. Well, apparently Braun Strowman turned into a little tiny kitty cat at that mention. Tried to backpedal. Tried to apologize. And, um, no, Karen was still pissed off. And Braun Strowman walked away with his tail between his legs. Uh, bad move, Braun. Number one, I don't care if it is Karen Angle or not. That's kind of rude to your fans, especially when they're asking for an autograph for their daughter or something. Yeah, especially because, like, um, that's why you're... Do you think maybe Broadway was just trying not to break gaping? World Wrestling Entertainment, like, it's in your name, you're an entertainer. The people are what make you able to do what you do. Right. So to be like like that to a fan... And no, I don't think he was trying to not break kayfabe, because one... He's broke kayfabe with pictures of fucking Roman Reigns and shit while they're feuding. And two, he's out there having drinks with GFW guys. So they're, they're already breaking kayfabe as it is. So I don't think that's what it was. I think he just hugely fucked up. And I expect maybe storyline-wise he doesn't get repercussions. But I, I bet he's going to get a... Uh, I think he's going to get punished for this. I think he's going to, and I think Vince McMahon is actually going to be very unhappy with him because of all the publicity. That would be that would be good for Jordan. That would be awesome for Jordan if he could if he could get a win over Braun Strowman. That would be the best thing for Jason Jordan's career right now, and it wouldn't hurt Strowman in the long run. Was it you? Yeah, I posted. Them together with, with Peter Griffin's My Black Son playing. Yes, that was that was Beef Six podcast. That was us. That was us. <laughs> we posted that. My Black Son. <laughs> yeah, good shit. Yeah, so that, that's one of the big news deals going on right now. I think they should play it up like uh, Jason Jordan. Was the love child between The Rock and Kurt Angle? <laughs> You'd have to be way lighter, Loke. <laughs> he, could, he, could he could definitely stand to be um, as caliber superstar as The Rock, I think. As long as he gets his charisma down and stops smiling like a jackass. If he can, if he can nail down the promos and the charisma, definitely. Favor, definitely. That's it. Put your five gallon jug in there, and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> oh man, 
We can do that. I'm not like super excited to do it. I mean, you want to. Forrest Gump is one of those movies I watch like once every couple of years, but it's a good movie, but it's not. Ex- I mean, it's not. And I get excited well, we about. Could do, we could do um, Castaway instead of I've still never watched Castaway. Never watched Castaway. I never watched no. either. I think I saw clips of it. A fucking two and a half hour movie where there's only one actor in it just doesn't fucking tickle my balls. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, that's a good point. How much they fucking pay him to be the only actor? Right. You want to get mad at that? You want to get mad at that? Ask how much Vin Diesel got paid to be Groot. I am Groot. I've never watched... Hey, well, as we talked about last night, I've never watched any of the Guardian Ga- Guardian of the Galaxy movies yet. Not that I don't want to. Those I actually do want to, but I haven't. I like how in the end of the first Guardians of the Galaxy, they killed off Groot and made him come back as baby Groot. But now they don't got to pay Vin Diesel for that anymore. <laughs> that's still Vin Diesel. No, it's not. Yeah. Are you sure? Yep. They put his voice in a fucking tiny machine. You know, they just oh tweaked his voice. There's, yeah, that's still Vin Diesel. Man, they should just. <laughs> they could, but then they don't get to put it on the poster. You know what I mean? They just want his name on the poster. He doesn't have to do a fucking thing. They don't care. They just want his name on the poster. I honestly feel like Batista ruins Guardians of the Galaxy. He's not a good actor. I've heard that from a lot of people. But I mean, Drax the Destroyer is supposed to be like awkward in himself. He has said that he doesn't go to the table reads. So, you know, he doesn't got the chemistry. He's not getting his lines down. Well, you know, he's, he's, he's just a, a dick. A no, he's not. A-list he is he is the C-list rock. <laughs> right. When they want the rock but they can't get the rock, they get Dave Bautista. It's gotta be really hard not to get the rock. Bautista. He'll do, he'll do some horrible shit. Look at the Tooth Fairy, folks. That was kind of funny. He did the Tooth Fairy. He did the uh, football one. He did Journey 2, which is actually a good movie, but it's still like, you know. He, uh, you know what? As much, as much as people talk about The Rock being such an A-list celebrity, he literally started the Hulk Hogan route. Like, Hulk Hogan started, like, Suburban Commando and Mr. Nanny and all that. That's the kind of shit The Rock was doing when he first left wrestling. Where these fucking C-list, family, just big muscular guy out of his comfort zone films, just like Hulk Hogan did. Rock was just, was just able to fucking, right? <laughs> but those were WWE films. Triple H has never done a real film. Yes, he has. He was in Blade. Blade yeah. 3, Blade Trinity. Yeah. Triple H has never done a real film. <laughs> let's, just, let's just put that out there that Blade Trinity is not a real film. Yes, it is. <laughs> Blade Trinity is the sequel to the sequel of Blade, which neither the sequel nor Blade were that great to begin with. I like Blade. But if you uh, if you compare Blade to any superhero movies nowadays, you're just gonna be like, oh shit, this is ridiculous. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's racist. <laughs> He's black. He can't be a superhero. I just didn't realize it was a comic. It, it, Spawn isn't Marvel, though, is it? No, Sp- Spawn is Image. Image. They left Marvel and started their own uh, comic. Todd McFarlane and a few guys left Marvel because Marvel not only was restricting what what they could do creatively, but they wanted to take a... They, they didn't give them any rights. Well, they didn't get rights to their comics. If they created a character, Marvel owned it. They didn't own it. 
So they went on to start Image Comic, and in Image Comics, every every writer that uh, that creates uh, a, a superhero owns that superhero. Yeah. So anything that happens to it, like the, the movies or the TV shows, uh, they get credit for and they get royalties from. So I guess Marvel burst Spawn in a way, but no, it's not a Spawn, or it's not a Marvel comic. Marvel spawned Spawn. Yeah. <laughs> John Leguizamo, and you cannot tell it's John Leguizamo. Vindicator is one of the best villains of all time, and John Leguizamo just bastardizes him. It's that's sad. That's guy, yeah. That was John Leguizamo. Yes. <laughs> I know, right? That was Luigi. That was Luigi. Luigi Mario. Oh my gosh. That movie would be an okay movie if it wasn't a Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. Because there's nothing Mario Brothers about it. Nothing. Not a single thing Mario Brothers about it, except for they use the name of Mario Brothers characters. But like, yeah, yeah, the bomb was the only thing. And that little bastard had to sell Reebok shoes. You spilled oyster juice on your shorts again! <laughs> this guy's gonna be smelling like rotten pussy for a year. <laughs> Kirsten, why don't you wash yourself? It's pasty. It's not me. Oh, <laughs> uh, so back to the Mario Brothers movie, because this is Beef Sticks Podcast, and that's what we talk about is video games. Yeah, you're right. The bob is like the only thing that, and then that was like dead on for what the, the, the game is. But then you had Big Bertha, who's not a fish, but a bouncer in a nightclub. But not only that, this bouncer in the nightclub is in the nightclub, not at the door, and she's dancing on the dance floor. What kind of bouncer is this? She needs to be fired. Jill's badass boots. <laughs> yeah. And then you had Toad, who is not a, a short mushroom person, but a but a, a crackhead who gets turned into a quote-unquote Koopa Troopa, which is not a Koopa Troopa, or a Goomba. They, yeah, gets turned into a Goomba. <laughs> The Goombas are not Goombas. No, not. Bowser. Wasn't Yoshi in that? Yeah, Yoshi was in it. Yoshi was uh, yeah, was probably the yeah, second closest thing to maybe. Yeah, close to what 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 was in the the game. He was a very. You know what I love? No, the worst. You know, out of every horrible thing in that whole movie, because it's all horrible. One of the worst things is they're explaining the. Um, the D, the 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 D. Um, no, what's what's it? Evolution. Thank you. They they're explaining the Koopa King Koopa is explaining the de-evolution thing, and he says that we all evolved from single-celled organisms. And Mario, rest in peace, Bob Hoskins, uh, who's way above way above fucking Mario Brothers. Yes, Shmi. He's. Yeah, yeah, and he, and he was a, a classically trained uh, Broadway uh, actor. I mean, he did plenty of plays. So, anyways, he asks him, "So, what single-celled organism did you evolve from?" And Dennis Hopper replies, "Why the Tyrannosaurus Rex?" Holy shit! We just learned Tyrannosaurus Rex was a single-celled organism. <laughs> that is a big cell. That is a huge single cell. <laughs> what single-celled organism? Hey, see, see, this kid is how old are you? 11. 
11. He's 11 years old. He knows the Tyrannosaurus Rex can't be single-celled. It's millions of cells. Thank you. You proved my point. Trillions. Trillions of cells. Infinite amount of cells to make a Tyrannosaurus Rex. He is not a single-celled organism. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. Yeah, that movie is full of plot holes. Thank you very much for proving our point. We appreciate it, Loke. Okay, I just happened to give facts, Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This 11-year-old kid heard how ridiculous it was and just came into our recording booth here and had to point out how ridiculous it was. That is how ridiculous it is, folks. It's just insane. <laughs> that is that proves the point beyond a shadow of a doubt. Oh my if it gosh. Didn't nobody read the script? Like the Dennis Hopper. This guy's a, this guy's intelligent. Did he not fucking say before he read that line did he not say wait? Wait. <laughs> Bob Hoskins is there, Dennis Hopper is there. I mean, okay, John Leguizamo I could buy, believing it. <laughs> but Bob Hoskins and Dennis Hopper, neither one of them stopped. <laughs> in the filming and said, wait a second, wait a second, can we just change the term single-celled organism to organism or something? <laughs> oh, it's horrible, folks. It is. It's fucking terrible. That movie is awful, and I still watch it every and it'd be, I watch it every five years. It's an entertaining movie, and like I said, if you never knew Mario Brothers, you could you could maybe like like let it get away with some of the shit it gets away with. It doesn't help that, like, steampunk action movies were, like, the big thing right around that time of brain. Yeah, they had, uh, The Wild Wild West with Will Smith, which was horrible, horrible. And in the list of Will Smith's worst... Yeah, yeah. But the film's, in, in, like, in the top of Will Smith's worst movies ever. That and that, what's that one that he co-starred with his son where it's, like, a dystopian universe? That's, uh, that's... It's stupid, is what it is. It is I never watched it. It's still stupid. I don't have to watch it. Get out of here, fly. Get out of my coffee. That's the one where Will Smith's dying and his son's got to go out and do something. Yeah. I watched the whole movie. And... It is, It is. that movie should just be called nepotism. Is what it should be called. Because there's no reason for the movie. There's no reason for Jaden Smith to be in it. The acting's horrible. The writing's horrible. It was just Will Smith saying, I'm going to make a movie and I'm going to put my son in it because he's going to be the next me. The movie is called Nepotism. Rated PG in theaters now. Nepotism. So what else is floating around the wrestling world? If you'd get my phone, or I had like some shit written down of news stories I wanted to talk about. But at this moment in this world that we live in, I can't I can't think of anything. Uh, Strata, what's been popping in the pro wrestling world, man? Everything. Everything! Popping up, popping up. Popping up, popping up. I want to know how this got on my fucking phone because it bothers me. This was not on my phone yesterday and it's on here now and it really bothers me. I mean, 
honor to be able to eat the whole sucker. Oh god. Oh, yeah. Like two times ago when the kids went to Chantel's, their, his, their mother, she called me and she said, Parker and Emma are running around here saying that Kirsten's pregnant. Are you guys having another kid? Oh, snap! I got two. I got a boy and a girl. You better wrap that. You better snip that shit, boy. You better fucking snip that shit. So, I don't know if I've told this story on Beef Sticks, but I'm going to tell it now. If I have, you're going to hear it again. If I have it, you're going to hear it for the first time. So, I went to get my, my shit snipped because I got one perfect son, and I don't need anything else after that. Because uh, he's amazing. I love him, and that's all I want in my life. So, I went in to get fixed because I don't need any more kids. So, I go in there, and anybody who has had this procedure before knows it's it's a... You're awake during the surgery, which really had me nervous because, you know, people are tinkering down there and you're sensitive down there. I was super nervous, but I trusted the doctor. So they lay you down, they shoot you full of tons of Novocaine. And I didn't feel a damn thing, right? Put Novocaine in your mouth to sniff around your wiener? Yes. Um, so so I'm, I'm numbed up, and they're doing the procedure. So they, they, they literally got to open your sack, and they do shit inside of it. I, I don't know what they do. I didn't watch. I just sat there and relaxed and all that, right? But they're there. I'm spread open. No, you know, I'm no underwear. They're inside. They're literally inside my sack. The doctor and the nurse, they're both inside of my sack. So they're doing their thing, and they get done, and they sew me up and all that, right? And the doctor leaves to go do his thing, right? And, and the nurse says... I'm just gonna put a few of these things here away, and then you can get up and get your get get dressed. And I was like, "Well, can can't I just get dressed now?" And she's like, "Well, if if you're okay with that, but I'm still in the room." It's like, "You were just inside of my sack. How can I be nervous about you seeing me naked when you were you've seen more of my junk than I've seen? I've not seen as much as you've seen. I what what would I have to be nervous about?" So I just got up buck naked and got my clothes and got dressed and I was dressed before she was done cleaning up. But it's just like that's such a weird thing. Like do people do people really have this surgery and then have shame about them seeing them naked after like they were she had her face in my crotch. What more could she see? Is this a real concern of people? Maybe it's just me. Maybe I don't worry about those things, but it's like, is that a real concern? Yeah. Get it snipped. That's my advice. Get it snipped. Snip it up. Snip it up. Snip it up. Wrap it up. Slap it up. Wrap it, slap it, tap it. Tap it, tap it, So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how I uh, forgot about this, but let's talk about Paige. We love talking about Paige here at Beef Sticks Podcast. Not only is Paige back in the news... But Paige has a arrest warrant issued for her following her incident on the July 25th at the fucking uh, Orlando International Airport. Pro Wrestling Times confirmed that the state attorney's office for the Ninth Judicial Circuit has made the final decision to file battery charges against Paige in regards to the airport incident involving Alberto El Patron. As we have talked about here on Beef Sticks Podcast, police determined that the probable cause exists to charge Paige with battery in that domestic assault. And detectives sent the information to the state attorney's office. A representative for the Orlando Police Department 
told the website that they informed the San Antonio Police Department of this, who in response issued a warrant for her arrest. That's where they're currently living, folks. Uh, they were all. She's on her way out of the E. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm going to get to that. Alberto El Patron wrestled in Monterey, Mexico this past weekend, and Paige went along with him. And it is unknown if the couple has returned to the United States. Paige could try to stay in Mexico to avoid persecution. Per Another Snowden case. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and she's wide enough. So, as you were talking about, per, per WWE's domestic violence policy, this impending arrest will, if, 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 history, if history is any indication, will result in Paige being suspended indefinitely. However, she will be fired from WWE if she happens to be convicted of any of the charges brought against her. So, this might be a blessing for WWE, a blessing in disguise, except for the fact that we know they still want her in their company when the movie comes out wrestling with my family because that is so much publicity that they're going to get and The Rock is involved and tied into that. If she's a GFW superstar when that comes out, GFW is getting a lot of press out of that. Oh, yeah. So much. And then it all leads me to believe that this whole airport incident was just the, the, the setup. You said it. You said it. We call this shit, man. We see it. We call it as we see it, and that's how we see it. Could be their way to get out of the WWE contract. And just think, that lady with the recording might have been in on it. She could have. She could have been on the payroll. Could have been on the payroll. I mean, if you're in a shitty contract and that's your only way out, it's kind of a logical way to go. I mean, yeah, it's on your record, but... You're famous. Well, yeah, and we all know how WWE is with contracts. Remember Rey Mysterio's contract a while back when he was contracted to the company and they had no plans to use him anymore? They kept him on contract just so that he couldn't go to another organization. I believe they kept him contracted for, I think it was a year and a half. I think it was a year and a half they kept him contracted before he could actually leave them. And they did not use him in any way, shape, or form. They kept him under contract and paid him for the sole purpose of making sure nobody else had Rey Mysterio. It's pretty whack. Yeah, that's me. You don't own these humans, Vince. He believes he does. They're not even part of your company. He believes he does. They're independent contractors, Vince. Independent. 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 Contractors. So, in other wrestling news... GFW slash TNA slash Impact Wrestling President Ed Nordholm talked to uh, Sports Illustrated recently about, again, the Hardys broken universe ownage contract rights bullshit. He says, typically the producer of a show owns the content and associated characters, the Hardys have stated that they've spent thousands of dollars of their own money producing the Broken Universe footage, which would include uh, Jeff Hardy spending 3000 on the volcano used in the Apocalypto episode that we all remember. So does that entitle them to any ownership, as uh, Sports Illustrated asks him? And Nordholm says bluntly, no. The company spent millions of dollars producing television last year, including... All of the shows, that incorporated the various aspects of the broken brilliance, he says. 
I don't know whether Jeff or Matt had some out-of-pocket expenses that they might have had on the volcano and the like, but that would not change in any way, shape, or form what their contracts say about who owns independent uh, 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 property. If they had some out-of-pocket expenses, he says that they did not bring any of them to his attention. To suggest that they somehow funded the show is absurd, he says. So, um, he's still saying, and again, I mean, until we get any, uh, proof or anything else, I mean, as far as most entertainment things go, he's right. I mean, if, if their contracts are anything like most other entertainment venues, they probably do not own any rights to it. And if he's saying that they did spend their own money, but they did not inform TNA or anybody officially... They might have said it, but if you didn't do it officially, if you didn't write up contracts, if you did not get paper and ink put into it, they're screwing themselves in that regard also. Because if there's no proof that they put their own money into it, then GFW would have no reason to have to repay them or, or give them rights or anything. And if they didn't, that's on Matt for being really... Because he's a good businessman. And if he didn't actually... like, I, I hope he has somewhere all of these receipts and all of this shit written down. Because if he doesn't, that's just sloppy. Right. Y'all, you should have it anyway for tax purposes, you know? Yeah, yeah. So hopefully he does. I mean, they keep saying they're getting closer and closer. But both sides say that they're winning. Yeah, yeah, both sides say they're winning. You know who's not winning? The fans. No, it's hurting the fans. Why isn't there a change to the long run. going around to, like, just end this and give it to them? change.org.com slash edu yeah I don't know do we want to talk about the debacle that was Battleground sure it was pretty okay Pasty White said it here folks Battleground was the best pay per view in WWE history Pasty White said it here, folks. I just don't think it was as bad as you think it was. Pasty White said Baron Corbin versus Nakamura makes Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant at WrestleMania 3 look like J&J security walking to the backstage area. You heard it here, folks. Oh, the great Kali. <laughs> oh, I'm giving him shit. I think it was horrible, folks. I'm sorry. I think there was one amazing match and I think every match after that was bad to shitty I'm gonna match was amazing. you know you can guess which match was amazing the tag team match Usos versus New Day was awesome awesome I didn't even see a flaw in it it started out like this was gonna be a great pay-per-view a pay-per-view for the ages it started out with that show the Usos versus the New Day with one of the best um, super kicks, super kick spots I ever seen, and that includes any of the Yungo Buckles or the Bucks of Youth. We have this beat. This is the first beat that plays when we do Stone Out Sundays. It is. It is. That's awesome. That's poignant. I like it too. It's That's nice and mellow. When you spend thirty dollars to buy a pack of one thousand beats. Everybody <laughs> else spend thirty dollars to buy the same rights. Right. 
Ask Kenny if he hears this beat. He came in and looked at you. He came in and looked at you. <laughs> Damn it, Kenny! Use your words. It happens. The perfect reason. Oh my gosh! Those shorts are looking good on her. Very good. All right, battleground. Eight matches, including one on the pre-show. All worse than the other. What like, are you doing? Put that back in there. It was a fight to to fuck us up, man. Leg up. Oh yeah, don't yeah, don't take that out. We'll fall down. We'll all fall down. Trying to get a match. Uh, here we go. Here's a match thing. Uh, pre-show. Aiden English beat Ty Dillinger. I did not expect I it. I did actually. I didn't expect it, but um, it was a good show. It was. I mean, it was a typical pre-show match. It was Aiden English, Ty Dillinger. I thought Ty was going to win. Aiden English did. Um, they have to do something with him now that... Uh, Gotch. Um, Simon Gotch. Now that Simon Gotch is gone, they have to do something with Aiden English. So I suppose this is a step in the right direction. So then we had, like I said, the great tag team match. The New Day, which was represented by... Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods versus Jimmy and Jay Uso. And just a really good, really solid tag team match. I enjoyed it thoroughly, I thought. I mean, good back and forth. They they, they played the uh, tags very well. They tagged in and out. Um, and like I said, one of the best super kick spots when I believe it was Xavier Woods went for a splash on one of the Usos. And the other Uso just super kicked him as he was coming off of the, the top turnbuckle. Beautiful. I mean, I, I watched it and rewound it a few times. I was like, oh, shit. It was just awesome. Very, the very Usos awesome. are definitely coming into their own. And whereas I didn't like their championship run before, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Although it's over now, isn't it? Uh, yeah, not yet. To be, to be fair, I don't think anybody, very few people, seen uh, the Usos losing this match. I think most people were surprised, as I was, that the New Day won this match. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we both said that Usos were going to win. Yeah, I mean, it, it's so short after the New Day's huge Raw tag team title reign. Yeah, they don't I, do I, anymore. I don't expect them to have a lengthy reign with these, but um, it wasn't a bad surprise. But speculation has it, Vince is planning another shakeup after SummerSlam, and I feel like you can get the Hardys going over there to have more of the comedic characters. Yeah. Personalities. Yeah, there's definitely going to be a shakeup, which I'm not a fan of and I'm not uh, happy about, but it's it's going to happen. We know it's going to happen. Then we had uh, the match that rivals Macho Man versus Ricky Steamboat, according to Pasty White. And that is Shinsuke Nakamura versus Baron Corbin. He said Macho Man Steamboat has nothing on this match. Uh, I, I beg to differ. In fact, I would say that this match sucked, and Steamboat Macho Man was amazing, but Pasty doesn't agree, and uh, Pasty said that Savage is a worthless bastard, and he couldn't wrestle. He couldn't wrestle. He couldn't even sell fucking pizza. Oh, yeah? Snap, do it! He's ripped Um, Corbin, Corbin Shinsuke is another prime example of how they're fucking wasting Shinsuke Nakamura. They should be promoting him as a beast. 
He should be getting the Brock Lesnar treatment. Yeah. And he's not. He's not. He beat no, Baron Corbin. Yeah. He beat Baron Corbin, and he beat him by... And this I didn't even get. Okay, so a, low, a blatant low blow. Corbin gave a blatant low blow to Nakamura, but it didn't even, like... It didn't help. Like, what was the point? I get he's a heel, so he cheats, but he cheats to win. Like, what did not? What did Baron Corbin get, getting himself a loss? How did that help him any? If it was like he was trying to sneak a low blow and then got caught, I would get it. Yeah. But he just in front of the ref blatantly low blowed Nakamura to get disqualified, and then he smiled and afterwards and raised the briefcase. Okay, I get it. You still have the briefcase, so you don't have to win to be a contender. But it's still, I, I don't get the point of him. I don't get the point of him taking a loss, purposely taking a loss. Right. You want to keep your momentum going. Yeah, what was, I don't get that ending. Uh, the match wasn't great. Nakamura did his best, but he can't carry Corbin. Fatal five-way elimination match to determine the number one contender for the SmackDown Women's Championship at SummerSlam. Say that 75 times fast with a mouthful of cinnamon bitches. Um, this was, again... Should have been a better match than it was, especially since it was elimination style. It definitely, I didn't get the outcome I was expecting going into this. I yeah, I didn't either, and I, I don't mind the outcome. I don't mind. We talked on the on the ride up here when you had to pick my sorry ass up. <laughs> um, I I don't mind Natalia getting the win because I think she deserves it, especially much more than Lana or Tamina. And I both of us thought Lana was going to win this. So the fact that uh, the fact that Lana didn't win it. Is surprising, but not bad. Yeah, no. She doesn't need to, like, no. Just no. The thing I really didn't like was Tamina, like, never turned on her. Yeah, there was something. I almost had a feeling that if it came down to those two in the end, Tamina would just lay down and let her get the kid. Yeah, and I think, I like, like we had talked about again on the ride up here, I think maybe they're going to go with, like, uh, Tamina... And and Lana having an association together, like Tamina's gonna be her China. I don't mind it. You don't like it. I think both of them could use it. I don't think it's gonna do good. Either one. Tamina's not going anywhere. Like I mean, she's not like she's not. I don't mean in a in a in a bad way. I mean she's not. I don't mean in a good way. I mean she's not going anywhere. She's not gonna be in the title hunt. She, yeah, so I, to me, this can only help her. I don't think this holds her back. At worst, that she stays where she promo, is. That, that, that promo. Oh, my gosh. You're going to look like James Ellsworth. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mind the outcome. The match was uh, definitely lacking, though. They only give you two lines every six months. Get them fucking right. Right. Yeah, the few times you're going to be on TV, you might as well get this shit right. Uh, we had the U.S. Championship match, Kevin Owens, AJ Styles. This match was okay. Could have been better, but good. This was probably the second best match of the night, uh, easily. But that's just because all the other matches sucked. The ending, though, was a clusterfuck of what the shit. There was no purpose for the ending. Um, by all reports, the ending was screwed up. And Kevin Owens was not supposed to win, and AJ was supposed to kick out. They had a ref bump, and then they traded submissions, but the heel never tapped. Usually when there's a ref bump and there's submissions, the heel taps. And then you're like, oh, the, the heel gave up, and the ref didn't see it. They didn't do that, which is weird. I, I, don't, I didn't even see the point of the ref bump. Yeah, no, it was... 
because it was a ref bump, but nothing happened between the time the ref was bumped and then he woke up. It was one of the best. No, he didn't. Not at all. It was one of the best ref bumps I've seen because Kevin Owens like threw AJ at the ref. It was that was kind of cool. It's like a unique ref bump. I liked that, but I I just I don't know. Obviously they screwed up. Obviously they screwed up what the match was supposed to be. But I don't know what the match was supposed to be, and I feel like it, it had to have been better than what we got because I wasn't impressed with what we got. I, I mean I think the ending. Upset everybody. According to sources, AJ Styles was pissed and livid after the match. Uh, he was not happy. Obviously, if you're supposed to go over and then you lose, you're going to be pissed anyways. But AJ is, uh, by all accounts, a very uh, consummate professional. And he, he doesn't have a, a well-known temper or anything like that. So if AJ is pissed, you know something was bad. Yeah, yeah, he does. So you know, if, if he was pissed, something something did not go good. It was not what it was supposed to be. Uh, the match I did not see, and I have not gone back to watch just because I haven't heard any good thing about it, Rusev versus John Cena in a flag match. I was excited they brought back... Not excited, that's the wrong word. I was pleasantly pleased... Yeah, because nobody cares to watch a flag that, match anymore. I mean, yeah, it was cool that they brought back a match we haven't seen for a long time. Um, they brought back two matches we haven't seen for a long time for this pay-per-view, and both ended up reminding us why we haven't seen them for so long. Because they're not enjoyable. And I think the flag match, which worked in the 80s, does not work in this uh, environment. Well, and then, like, they changed the rules but didn't tell anybody. So, like, Rusev grabbed the American flag, and apparently a lot of the audience and people thought, like, oh, Rusev won. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, you have to take it to a podium and set it on the podium. Oh, well, that's different. Why didn't somebody tell us? I, and I don't know. Maybe they said it on the maybe they said it on the pay per view, but apparently the live audience didn't know, and uh, the live audience was very confused about that because normally the rules is you grab the flag, you win. Um, and then, like you said. He drops the flag multiple times, so now you're now you're desecrating the American flag, which is never supposed to touch the ground. Um, how do you, yeah? How do you validate that? <laughs> and then the podiums, like like Cena was going to put the flag on the podium, and all Rusev had to do was like move the podium, and he wouldn't have been able to put it on there, but he didn't. And I, I, I didn't watch it, so I can't say for sure whether it was great or horrible, but I've, I've heard negative things about it. Yeah, I did hear that table spot was pretty good. Um, and we all knew Cena was going to win. Cena's not losing in a, a fucking miracle match. Miracle match. That's because they're making sure, yeah. Because they're taking their own lives in their hands. Um, Sammy Zayn took on Maria's husband. I loved the fact that the whole match they called him Maria's husband. They never once said Mike Kanellis. The whole match they called him Maria's husband. This is how you push somebody. This is how you push a gimmick. The announcers did their job on this one. I was pleased with it. Um, this match definitely should have been better for these two to showcase, but it was okay. I, I don't have anything horribly bad to say about it. I just don't have anything extremely good other than the commentators constantly calling him Maria's husband. I love that. 
Maria's husband just took a fall. Maria's husband is getting up. Maria's husband rolled to the outside. It's like, that was awesome. They're really pushing this whole, she wears the pants of the family, you know. And some might say that's a knock at, at Maria being a former WWE superstar and um, Mike never being in the WWE, so he's not as good as her. I, I still see it as the gimmick. I mean, it, that might be how the gimmick started, but I'm okay with the gimmick. I like it. Then we have the match, the match, the match of the night, the, the greatest match of all time. Yes, indeed, the Blue Valley Prison match between Jigger Mahal, the Singh Brothers, Great Ali versus Randy Orton. That hat's over the whole head! <laughs> Son of a bitch! Wow! I'm impressed! One thing I don't like immediately off of the Brutality Prison match was I was under the impression that the doors would be called to open and all four doors would open at once and you'd have a minute to get out. But for us to go through four minutes of nobody getting out the doors... Yeah. Yeah, the fact that... Okay. And you know it. You know you're not getting out to the last door or both of your Yeah. And I'm, I, you know, and I had wished, I was wishing it would have waited till they had to both climb out of the first round. Call me, call me a TNA fucking suck boy or whatnot. People give the King of the Mountain match so much shit because it has so many rules and so many stipulations. This fucking Punjabi prison match has so many rules and so many stipulations, but they're not entertaining. At least to me, the King of the Mountain fucking match and rules are entertaining. This was not entertaining. The door thing I don't get, like, you call for a door, there's four doors, you call for one door, and then it stays open for 60 seconds and then it closes. Okay, 60 seconds in the middle of the ring is a long... Open the door! Right? Whoever can escape in 60 seconds gets out. For those of us watching, 60 seconds in a pro wrestling ring is a long-ass time. These wrestlers have to sell the fact that they can't roll a foot and a half to get out the door for a whole minute. And it does look ridiculous. It looks re- as ridiculous as it sounds. I mean, it just it's hard for them. We all know it's a work, but we want to have suspend disbelief. If you get out of the door, that's worse than having to climb over the first structure. Because the first structure is shorter than the second structure. Once you get out in the top of the first structure, you can easily jump over to the second structure and climb up. Well, and then they really, like, and they really defeated the, the purpose with the fact that it took them, took them obviously over a minute to get to the doors because three doors were open and nobody got out either time. Yep. So it takes over a minute to get to the door. But as soon as Ginger got out of the doors, it took Randy Orton fucking 15 seconds to climb that cage. So, okay, it's easier to climb the cage. Why didn't they just climb the cage? The exaggerated climbing drives me crazy. Yeah. They climb real slow, but then other times they, like, fly right up. And then if you're going to have two cages and you have to get out of the first and then the second, why do you have him close enough to where he can step to the second one? So he literally just had to climb up one cage, step to the other, and climb down. That's not, that's just a cage match with one extra step. One extra step. Literally, one extra step. He's just stepping one more time. That was ridiculous. Um, thank you. The great Kali showed up. Okay, how about this? 
Randy, Randy Orton's halfway up the up the fucking cage. The Great Khali's music hits. The Great Khali took, and I timed it, folks, 45 minutes. Our gender's music. They have the same music, folks. It took him 45 minutes to walk to that cage. I timed it, 45 minutes. Randy Orton was still in the same fucking spot on the cage by the time Khali came down there. He could have easily climbed up the cage and back down and back up and back in before the great colleague got to him. That might have been what happened. Because holy shit, just climb, you dumb, stupid fucker. And they're not hopping. I, you know what? I, I was upset. It wasn't thrilling that they didn't play Kali's old music. They played Ginger's music. And so you were like, what's going on? What's you know, this? you want to know how fucking maybe racist I am? I'll, I'll just say it. You want to know how racist I am? When that music hit, my mind said, oh shit, that's the Great Khali's music. And I thought the Great Khali was coming. He was coming, but apparently that's not the Great Khali's music. And I literally thought it was, because I didn't find out till later that it was Ginger's music. And I was like, oh shit, I thought that was the Great Khali's music. They have to have very similar music. I wasn't really watching during the Great Khali's time, though. Yeah. I really wasn't. So, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be racist, but that's what it is. All Indian music sounds the same to me. It's all Bollywood crap. No, no, no. Just they, they destroyed Kali when he was there the first time. Well, and you know what? You know, I, I um, at the beginning. Yes, sir. Who is the great Kali? Like, who is the great Kali? He is actually a, a really tall. He's over seven foot tall. Um, Indian, like uh, not Native American, but from India. And, um, he, do you ever watch WWE wrestling? Um, uh, not really. No. Bo watches uh, boxing a little bit. Who does? My stepdad. What's your stepdad's name? Bo. 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 That's cool. I like boxing. Um, so, he really, he can't move really well because he's so big and tall. And, like, since, does he have, like, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the technical term is, but it's gigantism. Yeah, but it makes but it makes them really stiff and harder. Yep, and and I believe he also had that as a kid, and then they and then they took care of it. It's a pituitary uh, tumor, I believe. But you can tell. And they, they, they on him Yeah, yeah. He can't move very well. Yeah. But this gender, I you know, at first I was really upset when they pushed gender and he won the title. And then I was the one who was saying, hey, let's give him a chance. Let's see what happens. Let's see what they can do with him and all that. At, no, at very first I was. I was upset at, at, at like the, the beginning right away I was upset. And then I said, let's just see where it goes. They're not helping him. And this is another case where he had his own match that he picked, his own style. And not only did he need both Singh brothers to help him, but he also needed the great Khali to come out and help him. So they're not really making him look strong. No, heel champions use the heel champion uses one person to help him out. Look at look at um, Rusev and Lana. Look at Miz and Maurice. Seth Rollins had J and J security, and Seth Rollins had a personality, so he could make that work. Like as somebody who ran a group, you know, like his thing was I'm in charge and I'm running this group. Have you ever seen Jinder come out and say, I'm in charge and I'm running this group? No. No. It's basically that he needs them. He's not good at talking. We've been giving him a chance and he's not good at it. So about how far back are you going? Like, are you 
This is this was actually just last Sunday. John Cena. John John Cena. John Cena. The Rock. The Rock is good. Rock. The Rock was my time, man. You're too young to know The Rock. The Rock wasn't wrestling when you were around, my man. He's been acting since you've been born. <laughs> right? That's true. Yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. And there's a reason for that. John Cena, for, for as many people that dislike him, he's wholesome. He he does his job. Mm-hmm. He's yeah yeah. You said you don't watch WWE, right? And he knows John Cena, so John Cena's doing his job. I'm he's the Hulk Hogan. It, he's keeping him. his he's keeping WWE in people's minds. Yeah. And that's his job. And he's doing a good job at it and he's not messing up. Better than Jinder Mahal. <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't he doesn't have these tapes coming out and he's not having domestics and airports and he's not getting popped for uh, steroid use or anything. He's he keeps his nose clean. Somebody's peeing for Jinder. Jinder's pregnant? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> With twins. That is your battleground recap, folks. What did you think? Did you think it was horrible, crappy, or just bad? Let us know. Leave your comments. Hit us up at Beefsticks Podcast on Facebook. Hit me up at uh, Fat Mac BSP on Instagram at Cloud Style Broadcasting, Twitter at I Get Local MN, and CSB. A strong muscular stack. And find us on Tout. We haven't made an account yet, but by the time you hear this, we will. Find us on Tout. The most happening social media network around because Vince McMahon said so. For some reason, I like holding this microphone upside down. It makes me feel important. Not like I look like I'm trying to eat a fruit off a tree or something. I don't know what that was. <laughs> right? Just looping down off the, off the fucking canopy. Woo, Bob, Bob Marley is wailing. So many butterflies. Oh, that butterflies destroyed his car. So, so, I, yeah, I got, I got to talk about this. Can I get into this fantastic fringe fable? So, so, <laughs> cut to the Patreon. So, as soon as I leave Redwood Falls, man, there is a plethora of butterflies. Like they're coming from everywhere. Okay, and I don't like to hit living creatures with my vehicle. But these things are all over the place. Not only am I already seeing dead ones on the ground, so other people are smacking into them, they're flying left and right. They're coming at me. They're, I've never seen so many butterflies in my life, and I don't know what it was. And this is a route that I take probably, well, easily more than 25 times in a year. Butterflies everywhere. I'm smacking them left and right. So in my head, I'm like, I, I turn it into something because I don't like killing living things. But it's like, in my head, it's like, okay, man, this we got to do something with this. So I, probably nobody here watches the Venture Brothers. But the Venture Brothers, all of you listening watch the Venture Brothers. I know you do. It's an amazing show. It, it is a show. If you like Rick and Morty, you like the Venture Brothers. You will. It's, it's right up there. It's the exact same type of show. So the main villain is the Monarch. So I'm sitting here like, oh, man, I'm, 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 I'm Sergeant Hatred. 
who, for those of you who watch, know that he is a, first a villain and then the bodyguard for the Ventures, and then he gets uh, breast implants, and it's really awesome because he's a fat dude with titties, so I, so, I, so I get him. I understand him. So I'm like, I'm Sergeant Hatred, and I'm mowing down the Monarch's henchmen, you know? So that's cool. Then I get into New Olam, and there's tons of road work in New Olam, and we're at a standstill. And two butterflies, one from each side, comes in my windows of my car. Because I don't use air conditioning, I use the windows. I like the windows. I like fresh air. I like natural air. So they come in. So the first thing I think of is, oh my gosh, it's 21 and 24. Which, for those of you who watch Venture Brothers, they're the main uh, henchmen, 21 and 24. So now, 21 and 24 are in there, and I can hear them. Maybe it was in my head. Maybe they were really talking. But there's 21 and 24, and they come in, and 21's like, Oh my gosh, we are totally going to get this guy now. We have him surrounded. And then I heard 24 saying, Oh, come on. Just do it already. You got him right there. Kill him. I'm doing it. I don't need any extra pressure. All right. What do you mean pressure? We sent out to kill the guy. He's killed thousands of our friends. We're henchmen. We're henchers of men. Hunters of the Monarch. I know, and I'm getting to it. But I'm pretty sure he can hear us talking right now. I know he can hear us. We're right in front of him. These guys are flying around, right? And I think they're going to get me. Like, I'm starting to get worried. Like, at first I thought I was imagining it. Like, oh, I'm having fun. But now it's like, oh, shit, is it real? I don't know. And we're still at a standstill. These butterflies are still there. They're flying around. It's like, we're totally going to get this guy. And this is going to be my first major kill. The Monarch's so proud of me. We're just doing it. You're just talking. You're not doing anything. Well, why don't you do make the first move? Come on, man. Why do I gotta start it out? Cause you said you wanted to. You asked me to hold back. I know, but really, man, this should be a group. Of, it was awesome. And then I ended up going, and they flew out. And nobody killed me. That's cool. I don't watch Trailer Park Boys, but that's cool. <laughs> So that was uh, my little butterfly adventure. Uh, there you go. You got a little Fantastic Fables in here. And they literally killed my car. So they did something while they were in there. Because shortly thereafter... They distracted you long enough for the other ones to fly into your... That was probably it. The Monarch probably came in there and got it. The Monarch himself. Or Dr. Girlfriend. Or, you know. Hey, I'm going to go take his car. 21, 24, go distract him. All right, we're going to get on it. I'm totally there. I'll do anything for you. Go ahead and do it, and I'll get his car. You know, one of my favorite Cartoon Network shows. You can always count on Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network not only gives us Rick and Morty, not only gives us ATHF, not only Venture Brothers, but you got your Super Jails, you got your China, Illinois. China, Illinois is okay, but it's not. I, think, I feel like it's a half-assed Super Jail. I love China, Illinois. Hulk Hogan's the main character. He, he voices the Dean, yeah. Yeah, Terry Balea. No. No, Terry Balea does the Dean. Does the Dean. There's a porn for you. Terry Balea does the Dean. No. 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 Uh, yeah, yeah. No, they, they, give you, uh, they give you them. What else do they got? Uh, Axe Cop is awesome. Uh, Drinky Crow Show. I love the Drinky Crow Show. Um, Xavier, uh, what, what's Xavier? Oh my gosh, I have I have the whole series, which was one season, on DVD. Xavier, what the hell is it called? 
It's that crazy bird, goat, person, spiritual, crazy. That is another show. Pacey, you'd like it because that's another show where you know they dropped acid before every single episode. No, it's not. It's animated. Um, you got Lucy, Daughter of the Devil, one of my favorite shows, one of my favorite um, um, H. John Benjamin shows. And, and, I mean, H. John Benjamin, anything he does is golden. Anything he does is golden. Lucy, Daughter of the Devil, that was an amazing show. Oh, uh, what a, man, I'm, I'm forgetting some good adult swim shows. I already know I am. Squidbillies. Squidbillies is okay. I don't put it in my list of best, but it's definitely entertaining. It, they had a lot of seasons, so people were watching them. Whether it was me or not, people were watching them. Moral Oral. Moral Oral. I love Moral Oral. A, a blade, yes, sir. Uh, it's on Cartoon Network uh, after 10 o'clock. Moral Oral was a, was a rip-off of Davy and Goliath. It was an R-rated rip-off of Davy and Goliath. For those 80 kids out there who remember Davy and Goliath. Uh, hilarious. That's a good show. Yes. Yes. Um. Yeah. God bless Adult Swim. It helped my child. Oh, uh, C Lab Twenty Twenty One, Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law, uh, The Brack Show. The Brack Show. I love The Brack Show. I have all those seasons on DVD. Also. That's not Adult Swim. That's Fox. That's Fox. It airs on Adult Swim. But yeah, but Adult Swim did not make it. Fox made it. Yeah. Uh, just who who makes it? They they'll pay, yeah they'll pay to run shows on their network that other people make, but then they also will make some of their own shows. It is interesting. Very very interesting. This is riveting television, folks, right here on your podcast, riveting television. We could be Spider-Man with red and blue, too. I like that a lot better. You know, there's a... I I named my son Parker after Spider-Man. Right? There's a song out there that says, If I go crazy, will you still call me Superman? And the question is, Who the fuck is calling this dude Superman before he goes crazy? And if people are calling him Superman, he's hanging around crazy people. No! You need to watch it. It's a crazy old man. And he's like... But why are people calling him Superman to begin with is my question. So he's already crazy. Yeah. So it's a redundant question. Yeah. So turn the song off. It's the only good three hours down song. Well, no, no, they got some good ones. Handful. Um, they did. Did they do one headlight or was no? That was a uh, <laughs> Matchbox. Matchbox. They're the same type no. of. Yeah, they're the same type of music. <laughs> no. They're the same genre. What was the popular music back then is the question. What is back then? Popular music when we were 12. Eminem. I like him. He's a good rapper. He was better back then. So mine would be a little later than that. And I would have uh, Janet Jackson. I would have uh, Easy E, Dr. Dre, uh, Paula Abdul. Michael Jackson was still one of the biggest ones back then. Um, new kids on the block. New kids on the block. He, he looked at me with a cocktail like, "What? 
Yeah, there was there was new kids on the block. They were in sync and Backstreet Boys before in sync and Backstreet Boys were around. Interesting. And in sync and Backstreet Boys were your um. Jonah brothers. Yeah, Jonah brothers and um. What are the ones I like? Oh, I can't remember them. Yeah, yeah, them. I like them. How did I forget their names? They're they're better than the Beatles, folks. You heard it here. Better than the Beatles. One Direction. One Direction. One D. One D. Yeah, New Kids on the Block was 1D before 1D. And they're better than the Beatles, folks. I'm sorry. No, no, they're not. I'm sorry. No, they're not. Not, no single one of them is better than John Lennon. But as a group, as a group, they are at least as good as the Beatles. At least. Easily. Easily. Yeah, fucking George. Back then, he did really silly, goofy songs. Yeah. He was really into the comedy stuff. It's what pandered to 12-year-old kids. But yeah, really, yeah, actually, like, yeah. Like, he literally had, like, classroom songs, and then it was bad. It was bad stuff. Yep. Bad stuff. You made pu- music that, that you wanted to listen to, and your parents hated, hated it. Exactly, and that's why you wanted to listen yeah. to it. Well, why did he change? Why did he change to, like, more... I, I would assume because he grew up. Yeah, because he grew up. He was more of an immature kind of person, and his mind was in that place. And as he grew older, he changed his music up accordingly. He still, like, goes in that direction every once in a while on his new album. Oh, yeah, he's got some of it, but not a whole album of it. and just extreme all the time. Yeah, and music are... Spotify, my friend. Yes. Spotify. Free music app. You can listen to albums. You can make your own playlists. Or check them out on YouTube. There you go. YouTube. If you go to YouTube, you look up Eminem and you look up, uh, yeah, Eminem LP and Marshall Mathers LP. Or not Eminem, Slim Shady. Slim Shady, Marshall Mathers. Either one of those were his first two. uh, um, If you want to get old, he had the um, Infinite. Was it called Infinite? Infinite. That's his best. Infinite. And that was before was he got signed to a to an actual record label, before he met Dr. Dre. By name, what would your favorite Eminem song be? My favorite Eminem song is probably... You know what? People are going to hate me for saying I love Rap God, but I actually do really love Rap God. Yeah, I've heard that song before. I like that song, too. I really like that. Um, but I think... Um, Stan might be my favorite, because I think it's very creative. No, no, no. And it's I'm touching. More hated answer than you. My favorite Eminem song is Fat. <laughs> I can't place that song by name, but... It's, it's from Curtain Call. Uh, I was going to say, I don't know it. You don't know it? I don't know it. Do you have service oh, Um, The other one I like is um, Just the Two of Us, which is a song that he wrote uh, for his daughter. And it's really, it's an emotional song. But it is a song about killing his daughter's mom. But it's, oh, I heard that one. But it's a really good song. And it's really emotional. I mean, like, you can feel the emotion. I like that. What about you, Strata? What's your favorite Eminem song? Fuck Eminem. His favorite Eminem song is Fuck Eminem from Curtain Call also. It is a bonus track. Go check it out. Fuck Eminem, Curtain Call. I don't know what's called, but it's like, 
Push, spin, and turn? I've never heard of that album. What's that? Oh, awesome. So, so track 10 on Push, Spin, and Turn with the, the world in the palm of his hands. That's cool. I'll, I'll, I'll look that up because I actually haven't even heard of the, the CD Push, Spin, and Turn. I'll have to check that out. Who's your favorite artist right now? My favorite right now, there's a lot of them to choose from. But honestly, I'd have to say either David Guetta or Imagine Dragons. Those are actually two good picks. Wow. Very, very impressive. That's two really good picks. I, I'm surprised. Titanium and radioactive. You got good taste in music. I'll give you that, man. I'll give you that. Better than most kids your age. Oh, maybe heathens. Heathens. A bunch of heathens. I love that song. Yep. Yep. Twenty One Pilots. I really enjoy that song. I hear you. Right? I have to sing along when it's on. I have to. <laughs> I think we're rocking it. Y'all have hooked us up. Folks, you heard it here. The Galactic Get Down takes care of everyone. They're just stopping by and just asking. That. We're not even bothering them. He comes over and says, hey, can I do anything for you? It's amazing. This is the place to be. If you're a vendor, you need to fucking get a hold of the Galactic Get Down and be here next year. If you're not a vendor and you, you want to come check things out, come check them out. You have to be here next year. You have to. You're missing out. This is the place to be. I'm telling you that. This is the place to be, folks. You like to bungee. I'm really conflicted on what I can and cannot talk about now that I know that that 11-year-old kid's hanging around. See? I'm trying to censor myself a little bit. Trying, trying to be somewhat PG. PG-13 at least. No, thank you, sir. PG-13 at least. Let's keep this PG-13. We have to listen to facts when we get done with the beach. Facts. We're at two hours and five minutes. We'll go over time because it's editing. Fack it a fack it a fack it a fack. Fack it a fack it a fack it a fack. Fack it a fack it a fack it a fack. Fack it a fack it a fack it a fack. Rest in peace, big pun. We miss you, man. Get in the hummer, big punisher ready. Meet me at Vito's with... With noodles we do the two-hour swooping spaghetti. Everybody hit the fucking floor. Joey crack, buck them all. If they move, doodle, shoot that fucking hole. Dead in the middle of little, 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 little. Did we know that we riddled two middle men who didn't do diddly? God, I miss Big Pun. Fuck. Big Pun. Big Punisher. You can rap that, but you can't do the Keenan and Kel show theme song. Well, one's a good song and one's not a good song. <laughs> Is it the Marvel Punisher? Is it a skull? Yeah. Marvel Punisher is cool too. He was he was one of the first superhero heroes that just wanted to kill people. He's like, I don't want to bring you to jail. I'm just gonna kill you. 
Uh, I would say so. Yeah. Deadpool's an anti-hero. Ghost Rider, Punisher, all of them. Talking about? That's not the Punisher I know. <laughs> they fused him with a rope. They took a dead corpse and fused it with a robot, and now he's on a murder spree. I want to read that comic. They need to make that into a movie. <laughs> And bullets are more. That Marvel needs to hire you, man. I like this. I like this this movie. He got picked up. So he found he found nuclear energy. But the the, the people with the nuclear energy didn't want to pay the cost. And bullets are more efficient. Nuclear waste. Yeah, not just energy, but waste. The, the energy's gone. Now it's just the waste. And they're not going to pay for it. Bullets are cheaper than money. Bullets are cheaper than money. Yeah, all they need to go is pop or brap. Yeah, pop or brap. You can do pop, you can do brap. Either way, it takes care of your problem. Then you throw them in the ocean, right? (laughs) Well, first you throw them in the ocean, right? And then somebody picks them up. Aquaman, might have been. That part I don't know about. We're not sure. I think they either turn them into a bloodthirsty robot, like mix up the teaser with the robot right away. But then he, like, breaks the control chip, so he's completely in control. And then all the guys that went to him. They failed at making the control chip at a place that he could break it. I feel like they should have put the control chip in a better spot. He broke it. He broke it. He broke the control chip. And then he turned on them. And now the pop and the brat are on him. He's getting popped and bratted. And since he's part robot, all they're both like, Well, yeah, he's part robot. I mean, what are they going to do? Kill him a third time? And throw him in nuclear waste, ocean robot stuff. No, yeah. oh, he's got them. I like, I like what. It, what was this? This is Punisher. Um, uh, yeah, it was an issue that I read. That's man. I gotta get back into comics because this was, this is a good Punisher. Is We might need to save that for another time, my man. We might have to, but I like the Punisher story. I dig the Punisher story. I like the Punisher that that gets fused with a robot. Podcast, they, can, they all can wonder about what my horror story is going to be. Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> Tune in next time. Tune in next time. Today is Friday. Oh, you are? Heck yeah. We're here all weekend, folks. <laughs> we'll see what we got on the agenda. It's good stuff, folks, man. Everybody here just wants a piece of the action, the cloud-style action. I know, right? <laughs> I think we can make him a weekly staple. Just ship him a mic. Say, hey, man. Just load it when you're done. Yep. Upload when you're done. I'll do some editing. We got it taken care of. Woo!
pretty sure it's always pronounced Jeff. Always Jeff. Until they kill him, throw him into the ocean, pick him up, fuse him with a robot. And then it's Geoff. Flesh hungry robot. He's got the ambient going. It's ambiotic. We got the ambiotic microphone flowing. And it keeps on going. Yes, sir. You have one more question. on your foot, look. It's outside. There's one on that foot now. Um, or that's the same one, I'm not sure. Everyone who listens to this, please know. Please know. Beef Podcast. Beef Podcast are awesome. Say it again for us. Just for everyone listening, he already said it, but I'm saying it with my mouth right now. We enjoy it. Tells the truth from his heart. Furry Road, folks. Right down from Rubba Lubba Dub Dub Place. That's where you can find us. Rubba Lubba Dub Dub Place and Furry Road. trying to think if I need a coffee, a beer, or a water. I might take a water. I, I could get you one. Oh, no, it's fine. We got we got stuff right here. Okay. If you want a coffee, I could go. Thank you anyways, though, man. Okay. Bernie! Bernie! He's running off. He's like, I'm out. I miss my dogs. I miss my dogs. Oh, he's, he's barked on the podcast a few times. Oh, yeah. And so, last night, Anna gets... Oh, yeah. And then whisper birthday, Kenny, when he's there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I won't make no noise, but I need to satisfy myself. I just need to remind you that I'm the most. Hmm. I'm ready for a nap. Show's just getting started. I know. Get it for a nap, then go to Calder's for a new king-sized bed. Yes. It'll fit all three of you, and then you can all have happy dreams together. And you got that new sleeping bag. Cool. <laughs> you mean the new, like, watertight heat trapping one? It's, uh, it's a clean size, so it can fit all of me, Megan and Autumn in it, and it's... Oh, hot damn, he has Francesca over there. Oh, yeah. He got Francesca up on the stage, folks. I think we might have to sign off, Pasty. Unless you got anything more to say. I'm kind of... I'm kind of at the end of my talking. All right. Well, for Podcast, 
And I'm Fat Mac, and we are here at the Galactic Get Down. Occasional strategy. Occasional strategy. That on us, which is the charm, isn't it? Yeah, I, I didn't talk about it. This is the podcast. Out.